Spice Radio 1200 AM. You're listening to the Morning Buzz and you're with me, Natasha. With me is Mankaran and Marisha. It's been eight months and two weeks and we're counting down days from when the war in Ukraine started. It has its impact not only in Ukraine and Russia on the people there, but also globally on the world itself. And today we have on the show a war veteran, Army veteran Terry Malchuk. He's the co-founder of HERO, Humanitarian Emergency Response Operations Society, who along with Tamara Molden, who is a nurse based in Coquitlam, they both are working with uh, non-governmental uh, organizations to source and gather and ship supplies to the Ukraine. And uh, a very good morning to you, Terry. A warm welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Now, you are a war veteran yourself. You have served with the Princess Patricia's Canadian Light Infantry and retired as a corporal way back in 1991. Did you ever imagine that you would have to go back to Ukraine in today's times and see it as it is, as you have in the last one year? No, actually, uh, I never, ever thought about ever traveling to Ukraine at this time during the war at all. I had plans of maybe going there for a visit. I've never been to Ukraine before, but me being, uh, I'm I'm half Ukrainian uh, from my dad's side, and um, so his family's from there. And uh, when the war started, um, I, I just had this feeling that I had to go and try to help out. And you have gone back to ground zero to help the people afflicted there. So what are the stories that we don't get to hear? Uh, well, you know, a lot of the stories, uh, yeah, on the news media, I guess, on the news you would hear, you know, basically what's going on. Since I've been back from Ukraine, you don't hear a lot about what's going on in the media on the news. So, I mean, there is still a, a lot of just like apprehension going on there and and uh, a lot of distrust uh, amongst uh, you know uh, Ukraine and Russia uh, you know Russia always saying that uh, yes you know we want to talk about peace talks and whatnot but then they always do something that uh, informs the Ukrainians that that's not going to happen like they'll start doing missile strikes on train stations and in places like this and i mean i remember one time i was uh um in this uh small town well, it's, it's kind of a, a town with kind of a city it's called Inviniki, and i went there and there was a mall there and i was just there probably about three weeks before and we were doing a run to dnipro uh taking medical aid and food aid into that city to drop off at refugee camps and um and to the hospitals and we stopped in this little area and there was a mall there, and we were walking through the mall and um, just to pick up some supplies for the drive. And then about three weeks later, they had bombed that mall. So it was it was almost surreal. I have pictures of our vehicle, our van, with Hero Society on the front of it, out in front of that mall. And I, I think there was like 17 people that were killed there. And so it was, it was just kind of like surreal that... We were just there not too long ago, and that happened. Um, there was like I was stationed in uh, when I first got there. I was in Lviv, and uh, we started having missile strikes there. And the first ones that had happened, the air raid sirens would be going off, and the air raid sirens would go off at that time like four times a day. So it started in the morning. You could basically almost time it when it was going to happen because the Russians would basically start uh, dropping their missiles right around. 
eight o'clock in the evening and and on midnight, three o'clock in the morning. And I remember one time we were loading up medical supplies into a vehicle that we were sending back east to take to a hospital with a couple of guys. Uh, it was a, a, a couple of French guys from France. And uh, so we, because we had about around 20 volunteers working in our heroes organization there and um, at that time. And uh, um so the vehicle was just about to leave. It was 12.30 in the evening, at you know, just after midnight. And all of a sudden we heard, like this is the first time I heard a missile come through. So, but it came right over top of us. And it was like it was an airplane. We thought, oh, wow. Everybody thought it. It wasn't just me. And there was Ukrainians there too. And we all thought, oh, wow, that's a low-flying airplane. And, and then, but then we realized... There's hey there's no, there's a no fly zone here so what's it can't be just an airplane and then about two minutes later it was boom a huge explosion um, about two kilometers away from us and um, so that started the barrage of uh, missiles that came in that evening um, late at night there was about altogether there must have been about twelve of them or more that came in. So immediately the bombs started falling, the missiles started falling. Guys were running around. They're trying to, you know, uh, they were trying to get down to the bomb shelter. There was we were staying at a school. And we had a bomb shelter there. It was just outside of Lviv, and they were running down into the bomb shelter. I ran back into the school. Uh, we were staying in the gym area. That's where all the volunteers were staying. In the school, there is also refugees, and so on. All the refugees came back from the Donks area, all, all back east, and they were just—they were families, right? Mostly women and children. And I went running back into the building, and I was waking up the rest of the volunteers. Get down! Get down to the bomb shelter! Get down the bomb shelter! And I ran out into the hallway, and I was, I was yelling for everybody to get up. And you know, everybody's speaking Ukrainian, hardly any English, but they real—and they know who I am. So they realized that something was really going on. They've heard the bombs falling, obviously, and they all, everybody started running down into the bomb shelter. We stayed there for about, you know, maybe three hours or so, and then we started coming back out. It was about maybe 4.30 in the morning, and we thought, okay, well, maybe it's fine now. We can come out now. And so we started coming out, and then all of a sudden, two more missile strikes came right in, like right after, just in our area, not at the school, though. It was it was quite surreal. It was quite scary. And, um, yeah, so that's that's how it was there. Terry, as you have just explained what, what you have gone through, your own experience as a mother myself, my heart goes out to the women and children who are facing this on both sides of the border. So... Um, with Hero, that is one of the few registered charities that, are, that is doing some wonderful work in Ukraine. Um, Terry, what are the increasing challenges that you're facing as the war tugs along? It's been eight months. Um, well, right now, some of the challenges that, well, one of the main challenges uh, that we are uh, facing is we're, um, is donations. We are looking for more uh, people to donate to our society. So, because, you know, we, we send over medical equipment, and sometimes the medical equipment has to be fixed before we send it. And so something could cost, you know, maybe we get an x-ray machine or something, 
but all all of a sudden we need to we need five hundred dollars because we got to fix it before we send it over there because we can't we can't get it uh, you know we we don't want to be sending equipment over there that's not usable right away. Um, so there's that, and there's like maybe defibrillators that we've had sent over there also, and they would show up to us without the batteries. And so these batteries, they cost like $250 each. So we are always trying to source income somehow to uh, buy these extra things to have our equipment working 100% before we send it over there. So that's mainly mainly what we're looking for right now is that myself, I plan on going back to Ukraine uh, possibly in March, and uh, most likely in March. And um, what happens over there then is that w- when I was there, I had spent a lot of my own money just to get the organization going. Uh, plus also, we didn't have donations coming in, so you know, it, not everybody's going to donate. Um, they'll support us, but we don't get a lot of the donations. So what we really need over there specifically would be money for fuel, just so we can get from point A to point B. We've gone out. We've had, uh, um, uh, like my brother, for instance, he rented us uh, a vehicle that we used on a monthly basis. So we had a vehicle. So we had that. Uh, my dad... He has uh, donated money for us so we could do the missions also. We would actually go out and buy a whole bunch of food uh, at the stores there. They have food there, but it's getting the food to into the war zone area. Some of these areas here, Ukrainians don't even want to go into, but our organization, Hero Society, we, we will go there and we will deliver the food. We will deliver medical aid. So what it comes down to is that we over in Ukraine, uh, we really need money for the donations for food to take it, and that's water. That's that's um, uh, female uh, hygiene products. That's uh, baby supplies, diapers, things like this. We can we can get all that over there. We don't need people to donate that stuff here. What we need is the 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 income, the the money to come in, so we can purchase those items over there. Like I said, I spent a lot of my own money over there to get the organization going, and that is actually going out and purchasing the gas, purchasing the food. Um, One point there, we were doing a a run to Dnipro, and we're taking medical supplies, and I got in contact with, uh, or actually, no, it wasn't Dnipro, it was in Kharkiv. And so that's, that's the city that is up in the north of Ukraine. It's like 30 kilometers away from Russia. And this is where the Russians had one of the cities where they first went into, and they had a huge battle up there. And, you know, from uh, apartment building to apartment building. Well, we went up there to take in medical supplies after that battle was over, and um, we found out that the Ukrainian army needed food and uh, they were running out food supplies and they had a hard time like cooking the food so what they wanted was just something that they could cook up really fast that had some substance to it right so they asked if we could get some noodles like you know those noodles that you would put into a soup and you just add water mm-hmm. so we would get those Raymond noodle type things and uh, so I went to a store and with my own money I bought all all the boxes of these noodles that were in the store and there must have been like 30 boxes and so 
we loaded those up into our van and we drove uh, to where we had to drop off our supplies and uh, then all those noodles also went to the Ukrainian army to the front. So Terry, just to bring things into perspective, when we're talking about the medical equipment, this is a call out to all probably uh, organizations or uh, uh, corporates who deal with these things to kind of come and assist you with, say, in terms of giving you batteries or, you know, supplies to get these things working and in working condition to Ukraine. And on the other hand, you're asking the people, our listeners, the common people, that if they could donate money. So how do they do that? Where do they go if they want to find out more about Hero, what work you're doing? Where do they go? Uh, well, they can just go to our, we have a um, Facebook page. Uh, it's called Hero Society. You can go on there and um, you can, there's a, a donation uh, link there. And so you can donate there. Wonderful. I, I really wish you all the best, Terry, for all the good work that you're going doing. And before we let you go, is there any positive silver lining in this very grim narrative? Well, you know what, I think that if we all just stick together and, uh, and, and work together, uh, uh, because in, in Canada, in Canada here, this is where, before the war happened, Canada was known to have the most Ukrainians in the world besides Ukraine. And I think that if we just all stick together and, and help out uh, each other, uh, donating money over to Ukraine uh, with, uh, with the NGOs that are over there, like our society, it's going to go a long ways. And our society is going to be there until the end of the war. Thank you so much, Terry, for your time. And uh, you have a wonderful week ahead. And thank you once again for the good work that you're doing. Okay, thank you very much. I appreciate it.